Taylor pulling wide again. Is this the chance? It is the chance. Reese with the cross. The header. It's in. Hello and welcome to the second podcast of the 2020-21 season for the EFL League 1 and League 2 podcast with Vavil. Today we'll be focusing on previewing League 1. My name is James Crossan and I'm joined by Adam Doyle. Hello everyone. As James said, tonight will be all things League 1. And after a crazy day in the Championship, we found out that Wigan Athletic and Shelton Athletic will be joining Hull City in the third tier this year. At the other end, Swindon Town, Crewe Alexandra and Plymouth Argyle have joined Northampton Town from League 2. So, League 1 is looking really exciting this season, isn't it, James? It is indeed. But first, we need to introduce our League 1 expert. With us today is Luke Flanagan. Thank you for joining us, Luke. No worries, guys. Um, expert, not sure yet. <laughs> but I'll certainly give me a pin and, and uh, we'll see how that goes here. Well, Luke, uh, obviously your team are new to League One. Hull City, unfortunately, tasted relegation last season. How confident are you going into the new season? Well, in terms of Hull, it's always inevitable, I think, that we were going to go down. If we didn't go down this year, uh, or last year, should I say, we'd have gone down the season after anyway. Obviously, with the owners and everything else like that, there's a lot of animosity in the club, and it's just not a good place to be. But... With the signings we've made so far, I'd be confident that, um, I don't know about playoffs, but certainly top half of the table is what they want to be aiming for. Um, Obviously, this is the first time that Hull have played in the third tier for 15 years. Last time, they spent one season there under Peter Taylor. Um, And we had back-to-back promotions, um, 03-04 and then 04-05. So I'm hoping it's going to be another one of those, but we'll have to see. (laughs) Um, Tough start in the Carabao Cup this weekend, obviously. Uh, And then we've got Gillingham, first game of the season away. So it's a right nice bump down to earth. (laughs) Um, Nice away day to Essex. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm fairly, fairly confident as a whole fan. But we've lots of people have said that over over you know lots of different times and and look where we've ended up now. So take take each game as it comes. I think Luke, just going back to last season, can you put your finger on what game was the downfall for Hull? They started the season not particularly amazingly, but they didn't show signs of relegation form, and then just hit you completely and couldn't win a game to save your lives, and, and now you are elite one side. So can you say which game it was, or was it a sign and a, a a sale? Where did it go wrong? Combination, I think. Um, remember, we were eighth on the 1st of January <laughs> <laughs> um, when we beat Chef Wednesday and then won two games after that in all of 2020 in the league. <laughs> I think one of the biggest games that kind of signalled that we were going to go down was when we got paggered by Brentford at home, 5-1. Ben Rama just tore us apart and that was February I think early February or late January, and it was just one we'd already sold, you know, Bowen and Grzycki, and those two added together just meant this was going to be a long season <laughs> from here on in. So I think that was the game, that was a turning point. And obviously, joining Hull is Wigan after their financial ruins this season, and obviously, Luke. 
there was a, a horrible game for the whole faithful last season, 8-0. Do you think it's it's a shame to see a Wigan side who were really quite a decent footballing side drop down to League One? Not because of the fault of the players, but because of the ownership at, at the club. Massive shame. Massive shame. Um, they played really good stuff, um, particularly against us. <laughs> <laughs> you don't score eight goals without us being terrible, but they still have to be scored. Every single attack, they were they, they knew what to do. Um, he had them playing some really good stuff last year. You know, what were they on? 51, 52 points? They'd have been mid-table. They were 13, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second half of the season, the form was great, wasn't it? Um, so I, I felt really sorry for him. I thought they didn't deserve to go down at all. It wasn't anything that on the pitch that decided that, and I think that's 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 a massive shame. You know, Hull deserved to go down with the second half of the season. Um, same with Charlton; they didn't just they didn't have a goal scorer, did they? After um, Lyle Taylor said he wasn't going to play for them, and then I, the other one was Barnsley, and I just thought plucky performances by the end of it but they just didn't score enough goals, did they? I just couldn't believe they went to Brentford and won on the last day of the season to stay up. Um, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was just unbelievable, <laughs> really. It's why we like football, I suppose, just the unpredictability of it. But I don't think they deserve to go down at all, and I think they'll be strong this year. Um, but it just depends if everything gets sorted out financially, doesn't it? With all the situation at the minute, all the crowd fundraisers and stuff that they're doing. I wish them luck. So you uh, touched on Wigan there being strong this season. Are there any other teams that initially stand out as, as maybe being one of the stronger sides come the end of this season? Uh, who else has caught your eye? I think Sunderland, they're always up there. Obviously, Will Griggs firing again in pre-season. You had you know, big earners go out over the last couple of years, so you've got like a, a, a squad that's much more capable of, you know, playing in that league and not, you know, remember you had the Jack Rodwell and Lee, Lee Catamull previously on massive wages. You're not going to have that now. I know they've signed Feeney and Matthews recently. Um, so they've signed an extra defender and, a, and a, another goalkeeper. So they've added to the squad. I, I think they'll be up there. Obviously, I know some Sunderland fans and I don't think they'll share my optimism, but it's easy when I don't support that club. The, I, I think also you've got to look at Portsmouth after last year. I know the bookies have them quite high up on, on to, to, to be promoted. I think they're like nine to four or something ridiculous. But they, I know they've signed Pring on loan. They've also got Sean Raggett after his release by Norwich. So, yeah, I think those two are the ones that really catch my eye, to be honest. Obviously, the salary cap thing that's coming in this year is going to be a big curveball for a lot of people, isn't it? And then... Maybe the other one, you, you never underestimate Joey Barton for me. Fleetwood Town are 4-1 to go up, and I think you could do a lot worse than backing them to at least get to the playoffs. So I think they bottled it last year, personally. Yeah, I thought they could have done a lot better. Um, obviously, with Hull signing Louis Coyle as well, which was their player of the season last year. I can't believe we got him on a free, but there you go. It's our, our game, their loss. But I do think they'll be strong again. And then maybe maybe Oxford as well, and maybe Peterborough after last year. So there's, there's a lot of teams going to be competing um few that caught my eye it should be a good battle between all of those at the top yeah i think pompey have got really good chance this season i remember i've said this a lot on the pod but there was a game that i, I went to last year where they, they came to Trenton park and just absolutely blew tramere away and granted tramere were in the best form of the season and they, and they managed to to pull the form towards the end of the season but that day, Pompey were just unplayable. They would have beaten any team in the division. And their problems has been, and I remember speaking to a few of the other people in the Pompey media uh, team, and they, they just said it's the, the inconsistency. If they're can if they able to be consistent in this league, they can just blow it away easily. 
but they have too many off days. And in this division, you can't have them off days. There's too many teams ready to pounce and, and make the most of the, of the, the slip-ups. But yeah, keeping hold of Ronan Curtis is massive, and they've managed to do that so far. I know there's a lot of interest from Brentford, so the only time will tell whether he stays there for, for the whole uh, the whole season. Yeah, I mean, you, if somebody that moves in January, you don't know how things will go if he doesn't get his move now. But obviously, they need to keep him to have any real chance of, of being up there again in, in my eyes. But we, we, we'll see how that kind of unfolds, I guess. Yeah, cause I think it all sort of balances on the Ben Rama future. I can't imagine Ben Rama's there for, for the start of the season. So if if they get that money, I know they, they're looking, as they always do, the money ball, they'll they'll have a few players that they've got their eye on in, in France or Germany or you know, on the continent. But Ronan Curtis domestically is one of the well top, top players from last season. I think he, what was it about? He got got a lot of assists and on contributed a few key goals. So, yeah, they're a really, really solid shelf of emotion this year. I think two teams here that uh, neither of you have particularly focused on that I think, I mean, personally, I mean, one of them is definitely my tip to win the league, Oxford United. I think they were very unlucky in the in the final. They just didn't have that final ball that... You, you watched the player final and it was so typical of a performance that had everything but the goal. They, they were, they, I thought they were impressive and I, I was impressed with them all season. Uh, Carl Robinson's done a fantastic job to turn them around. Um, and I, I think that they could really do something this season. I think Matty Taylor will be crucial to that. With Matty Taylor signing from Bristol. Yeah, definitely. I think keeping him on, he, he bagged it. He came on loan on, in January and, and was pretty consistent in scoring and they've got him again. Mm. I think Joel Cooper as well from Linfield is a very, very good sign and he, he's impressed uh, over over in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I saw that one. That was interesting. It's only 23-24. Um, he's gone straight into the Northern Ireland setup. So to, to be able to attract uh, international sort of level footballers um, and as well, Marcus McGuane as well, um, who... I mean, three years ago was the hottest property in English football. He moved from Arsenal to Barcelona, um, aged 15, 16. He's found himself at Oxford now. Uh, whether he can do anything uh, it remains to be seen. He's not really impressed at Nottingham Forest, but this may be the opportunity that he sort of takes and, and shows why there was such sort of excitement about him at a young age. And I think as well they've filled they've filled quite a few little positions um, that maybe they were lacking in Sean Clare from Hearts. Obviously they got relegated at the end of last season. Uh, he was another one who was very well thought of at Sheffield Wednesday at his time there. Left on a free. It didn't really work for him in Scotland, and they went down. But if he can reignite and hit any of the form, I mean Sheffield Wednesday were in the the, the top eight I think when he left and. They were disappointed. Top eight championship team, and yeah, I mean, Chef Wednesday have gone down quite a lot since. Hearts, obviously, it hasn't worked from there either. But if Oxford can get the best out of him, then he could be a really, really, a really good signing. Um, and I think the other one uh, that we can't dismiss is Darren McAntony's vengeance tour. Uh, <laughs> Peter United. I know um, there was a lot of strong words said at the close of last season. A lot of anger from the Peterborough camp but I mean they've lost Ivan Tony. he's a quality player he, he was scoring rakes of goals last season but I mean that, that's that got to be eight figures the transfer fee I think it was a ju- is it just over 10 million that they've got for him yeah 
Yeah, about ten million, I believe it was. Yeah. I mean, they've spent an eighth of that on Johnson Clark Harris, who I personally watched at Coventry and thought he had everything apart from goals. He went to Bristol Rovers and added goals to his game. If he can keep that up for Peterborough, then they, they, they've found a diamond in the rough there. Because I mean, I, I said off air we we sold him for just under fifty grand about eighteen months ago. He's just signed for one point two five million from Bristol Rovers. And if that's the trajectory he's on, then the the sky's the limit. And, and yeah, they, they've got time to replace um, Ivan Tony. They haven't lost anyone else. I mean, Marcus Madison's one that obviously was at Hull. Uh, it didn't work out for him and he didn't sign permanently. He was released at the end of his contract from Peterborough. But should the summer go on and he doesn't find himself a new club, there's always the option for him to go back there, I assume. I don't think he ever left Peterborough under a cloud. I'm not sure. I'm a... Yeah, I was going to say, Luke, what did you think of Marcus Madison when he was at Hull? He had some good games, but think it's not about... This is just a personal kind of thing, but he's a good player. For League One, he's a very good player. I think he tried to kind of going to the championship with us and trying to you know, boss it and show that he could play. And I think on his day he could. But the other thing is, I don't think he likes football that much. <laughs> it's weird, but I don't think... I think he's more into the lifestyle. I really do. I think it's more about the can of goose, Canada goose coats and you know the the Valentinos and everything else. And that's fine. Like That's not a criticism. I'm not, I'm not having a go. You know, majority of people, they were a you know, well-paid as a footballer. They, they can do what they want and that's fine, within reason, of course. But I think he was more about the lifestyle than trying to train and, and make himself better because he could have done. I, I, I still am, you know, a little bit upset that they didn't give him that contract. They didn't say, right, here's nine games, prove it. Prove you can do it. We'll sign you if, if you're really good. If not, and it doesn't work out, at least you put yourself in the shop window. But he was playing for like, some Northern Premier League team as a trialist the other week. Like, he's better than that. He shouldn't be, you know, playing for Gateshead, no disrespect to Gateshead, but, you know, he shouldn't be playing lower leagues. He should be in League One. And I know there's a lot of interest in Sund- Sunderland fans want him. I know a lot of Sunderland fans think highly of him and want him there. So I think that's more likely. Yeah, he's a, he's a northeast lad, isn't he? Yeah, he lives in Durham. So, um, yeah, he's a Sunderland fan. And a lot of Sunderland fans want him there. It's just whether they'd make that deal or not, I don't know. Whether they can get it over the line, yeah. It, it, it remains to be seen and I think I think that's the important thing because the transfer window is running until October. I mean, we could make our predictions now in the first week of September. There's a month left for players to, to come in and I know we spoke about the uh, salary cap very briefly, um, but once the championship squads start to get settled, players are going to sort of start to get tetchy and think, right, I'm going to just have to take a contract here and there. And, and the players are out there to, to really change a season. You look at, you need one or two individuals like Peterborough had last season. To an extent, like Wickham had with, with players like Joe Jacobson, obviously they didn't have kind of your, your, your classic standout six or seven that some of the teams in the league had. But they had two or three who were, were consistently playing at a higher level to the rest. And if you've got that in League One, it's been proven time and time again that is enough to see you up. Um, but ju- just staying on the Wickham sort of idea there, obviously went up in the playoffs last season. We've spoken about the teams that obviously are going to be the everyone's choice 
come the start of the season to be going up automatically. Are there any outsiders that you can see making the playoffs and making a sort of a run that sort of direction? I mean, in terms of dark horses, I wouldn't rule out Charlton because obviously I know they got relegated and I don't think they've signed anybody because of the, pro- the problems they've got there. Um, but if that is sorted out, and, you know, as you say, the, the deadline's till October, isn't it? If they get everything sorted out, they'll get a couple of couple of signings in. I think maybe Charlton could could have the chance of going straight back up. Um, and it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I do think the dark horses for me would be Fleetwood. Charlton, Wigan, possibly, but I think Fleetwood, um, they've gone through it. They got to the semi-finals of the playoffs. They've, they've experienced, you know, getting, well, fairly comprehensively beaten in the end, were they really? Um, but the fight was there. And again, I'd never rule out any team that has Joey Barton with them because all of the players look like they're playing for him and you won't mess with him. <laughs> <laughs> so I think he'd be my choice, Joey Barton and then Fleetwood. Adam, what about you? Yeah, I've said a lot in the past that I'm a big big fan of Neil Critchley and I was quite surprised to see him make that Blackpool move. I thought what he'd done at Liverpool, he, he potentially warranted a slightly bigger job. But Blackpool are relatively... You know, big club, and they've made a good few signings. Still, obviously, they'll miss Nanyale, who's gone to Turkey. I think he got 15 goals last year, so that's a big miss for them. But he's a really, really top coach, Critch, and and if he can get them playing, he's brought in Jordan Williams from Rochdale, who he had in the academy at Liverpool. He's brought in a few other decent, decent little football players, and he can really get them playing good football. And I know we don't always see that in League One, but teams playing. You know, ticky tacker football, but he's a manager that that demands that style of play and demands results. You know, they they were very ruthless, as you can imagine, in the youth game. That that you, especially at a club like Liverpool, the demand, regardless of of first team or youth, the the demand is there to win. So he he knows that pressure. He was involved in them uh, the cup game, managing the first team at, at times last season when Liverpool were in Qatar. So he has that experience. He's brought in his own players, and that you know they they really could make a possible promotion this year. They, I think where did they finish last year? Was it just what mid table? Wasn't it thirteenth last year? They tailed off, didn't they, towards the end of last season? They brought Critchley, and obviously the season got cut short. I think what surprised me most about Blackpool is they've put together quite a good squad. I wasn't personally expecting someone of Neil Critchley's sort of background to put together the squad they have done. I mean, if you look at the players they brought in, Jerry Yates from Rotherham. He's plus six foot, plays on the wing. Um, Labala from Crawley is a fantastic signing. I, I, when he was announced there the other night, I was shocked because I thought he had championship run all over him. Um, I'm shocked that someone like, well, especially Birmingham, he came from Birmingham last season to Crawley on a permanent deal, scored 12 goals from the wing, hatfuls of assists. Why they haven't took a chance on him, I don't know, seeing as they're going to be near the bottom of the championship. But, I mean, their losses, Blackpool's gain. Another really talented player, uh, Marvin Ekpiteta from Leighton Orient. He's been fantastic. He was fantastic in the promotion season from the conference. It didn't quite work from last season. Uh, there was a few off-the-pitch off issues. Um, but if he can get going, I really think that they've got a good chance this season. CJ Hamilton's another good signing from Mansfield as well. But... Fingers crossed for Neil Critchley and obviously Blackpool fans that they can do something this season. 
and they also would be my dark horse this season. I think, well, we've spent 20 odd minutes talking promotion. I think we, we should maybe look at the foot at the table and annoy a few fans and, and talk about their clubs potentially dropping down to League Two. Luke, is there a team in particular that you think may struggle this year? I think Rochdale. Not that there's, I've got anything against Rochdale, um, but I just think that, you know, they were towards the, you know, I think they're going to be towards the bottom, aren't they? Um, I think Rochdale, probably AFC Wimbledon, just because of the budgets. I know that we've got the salary cap now, but if you compare it to a team like Hull, obviously, that I know much better, we still will spend more than than those teams, even though there's now that salary cap. So, you know, when we were in the championship, we were, you know, 50% wage cuts for all players and they get paid less because there's less money in that division. But I think smaller, closer, like those two, I think are really going to struggle. Especially with Rochdale, Ian, Ian Henderson leaving is just massive because his 15 goals, you yeah. just can't replace that. Especially a club like Rochdale, to attract a player to get 15 goals, it's just virtually impossible. And it will, teams like that struggle for any striker to get in double figures just because of the chances created is lower you know and you know when they're the, the signing like a Charlie midfielder they signed Newby didn't they yeah uh, Alex Newby so when you bring in somebody in like Conference North you know it's no disrespect again but it, you're going to struggle in, in League One if you're bringing in from, from the lower divisions um, sometimes it works you know this Jamie Vardy is the perfect example you know, coming from Fleetwood when they were non-league but they're few and far between, aren't they? Um, so those are my two, I think, that I could safely say would struggle. And James, is what team strikes you as the, the strugglers this year? Is, is there one in particular or is there a few that, that you think are going to struggle? Uh, I think that, I, myself included, I thought Rochdale, just touching on them as well. Callum Camps is a big loss for them in centre midfield. He's gone to um, Fleetwood and mm. I think he scored in pre-season. Recently, he's, he's settled straight there. Uh, they've lost a few players. Um, we touched on um, Jordan Williams that's gone to Blackpool as well. Uh, like you say, the only outfield player they've signed is Alex Newby from Chorley, which, I mean, it's been touched on just now, but it, it, it's not it, it's not enough. Um, I think as well as those, I think that perennial strugglers Wimbledon and Northampton, I'm going to say as well. I know they came up. Um, in the playoffs, but they've they've lost players. They don't seem to have. Whether they're losing players to then sign them in the next month or so, I don't know. But for me, I think Vidane Oliver. Obviously, they lost Callum Morton, who was only on loan. Who is now? It looks like I don't know if it's been confirmed, but he's going to Lincoln um, on loan. So that, that Charlie Good and Jordan Turnbull, Andy Williams, who scored in the playoff final. They've lost so many players, and I mean, looking down at the players they've signed, we're touching again on Conference League is not good enough. Well, they've just signed a striker to replace Vidane Oliver called Ricky Corboa from Carshalton, um, who are below that again. You don't want League One players from there. Um, I mean, Kean Bolger from Lincoln's a good signing, but apart from that, it's looking. Few and far between whether Keith Curl's got a trick up his sleeve. I mean, he is mysterious Curl after all, so we never know. <laughs> so, yeah, apart from that, I, 
I also thought um, ah, it's, it's really difficult because I felt that Rochdale, Wimbledon and Northampton were the three that stood out for me um, as at the start of the season, you look at the teams, you look at the squads, you look at the transfer business that they've done. They would be the ones that would struggle. Um, there's a couple that have made good business on paper, but then I worry about them, how it's going to work out in, in, in practice. So, for example, Milton Keynes, they have brought in what looks like a decent set of players. Callum Morris and Louis Thompson both coming back on loan from Norwich. Two good signs for the league. Richard Keogh, um, obviously he's had his troubles off the pitch, um, has been released by Derby. But picking him up, he's a leader. Whether he can get himself fit or not is anyone's guess. But they've let Alex Gilby go and they've let Reese Healy go, who are two key players for them last season. I, I mean, Carter Morris and Louis Thompson were there already last season, so we can sort of scratch them off as new players. Whether Richard Keogh, a youth left back from Scotland and a youth centre-back from Brighton, fill the gap left by Alex Gilby and Reese Healy. I don't see where the goals come from there. I know Russell Martin's had a decent start to his management career, but it, it it's, it's not going to be a walk in the park for them either. So I, I think if I was to choose a four now, someone had a gun to my head and say, choose four teams to go down right this second, it'd be Rochdale, Wimbledon, Northampton and MK Dons. But as we've seen last season, Anything can happen. I mean, Rotherham managed to go up, so um, it, 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 anything could happen. So it, it'll be an interesting one this season. I think gone are the days of, obviously, this season it looked like going into the relegation battle that it was one of about nine or ten teams could have gone down. I don't think that's going to be the case this season. I think that Swindon and Crew coming up, and even Plymouth. Um, yeah, I was going to say, what do, you, what do you think of Plymouth's chances this year? Because obviously losing the captain... And Ryan Lowe, two two promotions to League One, but never actually managed it. So, what do you think their chances are? See, before recording this podcast, or preparing for this podcast, a few days and, and the week before that, I kind of worried for them a little bit. Um, I thought, you've not really replaced Anthony Sartovich. However, Lewis McLeod from Wigan, fantastic signing if he can hit the ground running. I think he's had a few troublesome spells down south of the border but there's a reason why he was playing in the Rangers first team at the age of sort of 18-19 and not just because they were in league two he was genuinely a talented player uh George Cooper as well from Peterborough um is, is another one who he is it didn't quite work for him at, at, at Peterborough but I know that he was well thought of uh in his time before that yeah I was gonna say him he's a good good sign yeah he was at crew before that and he was really held in right high regard. I mean, he had a successful season last season alone at Plymouth and they've managed to make it a permanent signing. So he he's settled down there. Hopefully he can carry on the form that he, he showed last season. What do we think of Ben Reeves just signing tonight? And I mean, yeah, another one, Ben Reeves. And I think the thing with Ben Reeves is they've, they've not just taken a, a decent player for the level. They've taken a decent player for the level from a direct opponent in MK Dons. Um, obviously he was out of contract there um, but they've not managed to keep him Plymouth are the ones that have benefited from that he's got international experience as well so fingers crossed for Ryan Lowe and Plymouth Argyle they can keep their upward momentum moving but I, I think they've got enough about them I mean we always see one or two surprise packages from League 2 coming up to League 1 and and, and really surpassing expectation they they could be that team I think Swindon also fall into that back bracket and they've 
they brought in Johnny Smith on loan and they've got a few other good players. So uh, I think both of them teams, of the four that came up, I think they're the ones that, that should. I, I can't see them going down, but equally I wouldn't be surprised if they were pushing mid-table to promotion place because you know they've both got good managers. And I think the whole Ryan Lowe thing's really interesting because, as I said, being promoted twice to the division in two years of management, and he's never actually managed here, so it's going to be interesting to see how he copes. He's always been, well, he's had two squads with at Berry and Plymouth respectively, where they had very good squad for the division. So he wasn't really surpassing expectations for them to go up. It was sort of maybe thought of that before a ball was kicked that they should really be in and around the the promotion places. So. Uh, now this season, he's not thought of as one of the big teams, so it's going to be interesting to see how he does uh, managing that expectation and maybe surpassing what what the bookies and what what the uh, what the pundits are saying. Just talking about Swindon, they've made a couple of signings that I noticed were quite interesting. They've signed a Manu keeper on loan. Is it um, Matic Kurva? Yeah. They've signed him on a season long, so that's an interesting one to look out for. And they've also signed Johnny Smith um, from Bristol. So they're signing players, you know, that are maybe reserve team under 23s, you know, Championship and Premier League. So what what better opportunity to try and prove it in League One? Um, I think Swindon might surprise a few people this year. I think you're definitely right there. And I think you can't ever write off a team that have the audacity to sign three Smiths on loan in one transfer window. <laughs> uh, Tyler Smith from Sheffield United, Matt Smith from Arsenal and Johnny Smith from Bristol City. One of them's got to come good. Definitely, uh, They've got three bites at the cherry there. I mean, Matt, Matt Smith was in the squad for the FA Cup final. Uh, he's been in on the bench for Arteta. Arteta rates him very highly. So he's one to look out for. I mean, it's high praise to be on the bench for a top six club pretty much week in, week out um, after lockdown. Um, so hopefully with a little bit of first team experience, he'll be looking to go back to Arsenal and, and maybe make a shout for the first team. I'm not sure how, how sort of close he is, but I mean, Arteta obviously rates him very highly. And I think as well, Jack Payne is one that I know we've touched on these players a few times, myself especially, um, during this podcast. But he's an example of a player that when he finds the right environment for him, he's one of the best players in the league on his day. Um, I've got two Lincoln City fan friends who were gutted to see him go because on his day, he can really set the pitch alight. But it didn't quite work out from up there. He's gone to Swindon. I think you're both right in that they could really be a surprise package. I know they missed out on Owen Doyle and they also missed out on Jerry Yates at the start of the summer, uh, but they've had a strong pre-season and I'm hoping that they can take that form into into the, the main season. So, Luke, if I was to have a gun to your head right now and I was to say, I want you to name the two teams that will be going up automatically and the one team who will be going up via the playoffs, who are those three teams and why? I'd go top two, promoted, Sunderland and Pompey. Um, just because I think the favourites for a reason, aren't they, really? And then the third to go up, I'm stuck between Peterborough and Fleetwood, but I think I'm going to go with Fleetwood because I think they'll learn from the loss they had in the semi-final last year. I think it'll make them more determined to try and push up and 
try and get to the second tier because it'll be some story for him. Brilliant, and we're just going to start something new here because why not? Um, Luke, what's the best food that you've ever had at a football ground and what was it? This is a proper out of the blue one, this. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of mates who are old and athletic fans um, and I went to Boundary Park to watch them uh, 2014 and it was absolutely freezing. Um and I bought a pocket pie, <laughs> which was tikka, chicken tikka. And it was the best thing I've ever ate because I was so cold. And it was piping hot as well. So it prop warmed me through. That's, <laughs> that's why that was the best. And any bovril about either? Oh, no, I don't, I can't, don't do bovril, mate. Don't do bovril. <laughs> uh, just drinking gravy, in it, really? Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that one. But the pucker pie was awesome. Well, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for tonight. I hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed recording. Hopefully, we will see our results and our uh, predictions be completely wiped clean once the season starts, knowing our luck. But thank you again, Luke, for joining us. um, And we will see you very soon.